Broadcasting live from our satellite studios in New York City, New York, it's time for the special on-the-road edition of Learning Insights, featuring learning professionals who are improving performance and driving business results. And we are back with another exciting and informative edition of Learning Insights. Lee, I think we've hit our stride. We're two for two. This guy stuck around even after the mic check and the little uh, conversation we had before we went on air. That's always encouraging. That is, this could be a fantastic conversation. We're broadcasting live in New York City from Park Avenue. Uh, last night was a lot of fun. Walking in Times Square, I mean, I, I was like Gomer Pyle in the big city. It's like it's like noon. I don't care what time of night it is, but when you're in Times Square, it's like, it's like noon. It's so bright. Yeah, and it was and hard to get you to stop taking selfies. Yes, it was. It was like getting a little embarrassing. <laughs> was, it, was it tough for you? <laughs> All right, so in this segment, please join me in welcoming a gentleman who is a learning and organizational development executive with an organization called Cultivating, Mr. Chris Calta. How are you, man? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good, thank you. So can you share a little bit about Cultivating? What is your mission Sure. Leadership development, driving organizations, and really leaders to be successful in the workplace. I'm very passionate about leadership development, and that's what I want to do for um, companies and individuals who feel that leadership development really makes a difference for themselves and in an organization. So now, um, how do you define that? What leadership makes, development? Yeah. I would say the ability to lead yourself first, because you can't lead others until you can lead yourself and know yourself. And I think if you have the ability to know yourself, you can lead others and influence them and make them do things and drive business more than you could if you didn't have that ability. So now in your uh, career, you've probably worked with some good leaders, some bad leaders and all. Yes, I've I've worked with both. And uh, it's painful to see leaders who struggle because I think they don't want to be unsuccessful, but maybe they didn't take the time or no one was willing to invest the time into helping them get better. So walk me through a leadership development engagement. What does that first conversation look like? Look, the, the willingness of the individual to want to get better. And I think that's that's the first part. To The willingness to understand that they can be better and want to learn. And then getting them to know themselves better. And there's a couple of ways to do that, whether it's MBTI or um, 360 feedback. But what is it about themselves that they feel they do well and what they don't feel well? Mm-hmm. And once they know that and their strengths, you leverage their strengths and, and you work on that. And it's a process, not an event. So it does take time. Now, is it something where an organization could go, um, hey, we want Bill to go through this leadership you know, development program and then bill's like i'm good you know like or can you make progress with somebody like that or do they really have to see like that it's something that they should be going through if they're not willing to invest time right well you know how like sometimes a higher up will mandate you know do this because and you do it right because the the, and that's the difference between compliance and, and commitment right so you're getting them to do it and they may do it well and they may become an okay leader but the idea is to get the commitment that they want to do it for themselves. Right. And that's, that's an important component of this, right? If they don't really believe that it's beneficial to them, they're not going to commit fully and they're not going to probably get the most out of it. I would imagine like anything in life. If you don't, if you don't believe in what you're doing, you're just going to go through the motions. Right. So is it possible to even move a person like that or is it? I think you can. If 
they get it along the way. So right. sometimes people don't get it at the beginning and then they see other people learning around them and they say, wait a second, I, I think I do get the investment. It's when you're young, you don't get why the parents tell you to do what you do, but you do it anyway. And then you wake up maybe at 25 <laughs> saying, oh, wait a second, they were right. right. So I think you can, as long as on the journey, they eventually do get it. Cause it's, you never know until you try. So do you find that there's a distinction between a really good local leader and a really good global leaders is it two completely different skill sets or are they related and one supersedes the other or, or do you see a distinction at all there's a lot that's that's they're both the, they're the same the ability to believe in yourself the ability to listen i think the global leader has a, a unique perspective on different cultures we all bring something to the table so what you mentioned being here in new york and then the bright lights new york's global anyway so if you're leading a team here, you pretty much know that it's an accepted way of doing business because you're in New York. But if you're dealing with someone from APAC, very hierarchical, or um, from Israel, you know, very let's just keep moving forward. A leader needs to understand the perspective of why they do things the way they do. There's no right or wrong. It's just different. So a global leader just has a better ability to understand global perspectives. After that, it's the same skill set of listening, the ability to influence and being true to yourself. Now, can you share a pro tip to help someone be a better listener, say? Don't listen with the intent to reply. When the person's done speaking, confirm what they're saying, ask them, do I have it right? Not repeat, here's what you said, but here's what I understand what you said. It shows them that you're willing to listen and that you wanna get it right. And then if you do that more often, people will be more likely to share more with you and then you'll actually hear more of what they're saying. That's an interesting uh, observation and answer to the question, because I do think a lot of people who you might think are listening are really, they're not listening, they're waiting. <laughs> You're <laughs> just waiting to fill the air. like the, It's on air. Like, how long would you guys be not speaking? Because it's like, one, 1,000? Somebody right. say something quick. We all think we're on air. We all think we're on the radio. And right. you can't have that dead air. But it's magical. If you talk to someone and then you, and you listen and you look at them and you count five seconds, people think there's something wrong. And if you do that, people will stop and go, but you can't do it on air, so better keep talking. Just want to make sure. <laughs> now, you mentioned... I don't know. Maybe we could. You want to try it? No. No. I don't want to <laughs> try that. Go ahead. <laughs> now, you mentioned earlier that... Um, now you see, you messed up my whole no, But I created five seconds of absolutely no content. So I, I, I almost accomplished the same thing, right? But just think about it. If someone's <laughs> listening, if they expect to hear something they don't, they'll probably listen a little bit closer. Or they'll think their or machine this, they're listening is broken. Potentially. That's what we found. <laughs> There's always <laughs> options. <laughs> you, you mentioned earlier that um, um, identifying strengths and, and focusing on strengths mm -hmm. is an important component of this. So... Some people get bogged down in their weaknesses, and so you find that yeah. it's more uh, effective to kind of maximize your strength than to um, work on your weaknesses? I think it depends where you are in your career. I think when you're first starting out, you really want to identify what you do well because you want to maximize that. I dealt with executives who, when you give 360 feedback, they know what they do well. It's the other stuff that's the blind spot, which they think they're doing well, and they're getting feedback that they haven't heard before, which really they need. So I think early in your career, strengths, I think later on in your career, you need to hear the things that, I've been doing it 20 years, I know what I'm doing. And you need someone to be honest, anonymous potentially, and give you that feedback that says, here are things you can do better. A great leader 
is always willing to learn mm-hmm. and accepts and that's their weakness and that's the emotional intelligence that a great leader has in business or in politics if you believe in yourself and you're confident it's going to come across now can you share a story maybe where you um were having this it, sometimes it's a difficult conversation i would imagine when you're going over someone's weaknesses mm-hmm. especially if they don't see them as weaknesses yeah um that where you were able to kind of uh share that with a leader and then help them correct him as long and I mean, obviously anonymous or just give us what their name rhymes with. (laughs) (laughs) On air. um, What rhymes with on air? I can't give names to protect the innocent or guilty, but I would say is the ones that worked out well are the ones I built a relationship with. Mm -hmm. That's why you have like a friend. You'll you'll take the bad feedback from someone you you believe in their friend because you know they have your back. Right. If you believe it's coming from a bad place from someone, even it's an HR executive, but they don't know you, and they're giving you bad feedback, you're maybe you're questioning their expertise like and what their agenda is. What's your agenda right. exactly? So I think the feedback has to be from a place of trust and credibility. Otherwise, they're just like, well, what do they what do they know? Mm-hmm. But if you have credibility and trust in any relationship, which I like to do, then they'll, they'll be more likely to listen and take the feedback. And you know, and they know that you want to see them be successful. But if you, unless you have that, it's just going to go one ear and out the other. Unless but, you have these headphones. But, and we'll go can you share, though, an example, like a piece of negative feedback and then how you were able to kind of move them so they improved? Like a, an anecdote? Sure, I think it was one example where we had a leader who just didn't believe that they came across as being rude, and they thought it was just something that, um, and it was as a female leader, and she thought it was potentially something that would uh, people didn't respect her because she was as a woman, mm-hmm. and it took a lot of time for her to realize that she came across as intimidating, and maybe she overcompensated for that, and it took another woman executive to point that out that says we're as good as anybody else and you don't need to try as hard as you think you need to do right and, and very that's often when the light bulb went out the light bulb went up because i'm a man and maybe i'm saying of my perspective and i said all the say the right things but with another peer of hers yeah sat her down then it resonated sometimes i'm not the messenger as long as the message comes across it doesn't matter who gives it as long as the person believes it and then follows along right because that's what you're, you're trying to affect change so it doesn't matter how it occurs as long as the change occurs as long as and and ultimately you want people to truly believe that they were able to do it themselves Mm -hmm. that self-motivation that self-discovery is an important component in the learning right it it resonates more when that it was their idea it's always (laughs) and the best leader is someone has people believe that they did it themselves like riding a bike ultimately you have to just kind of let go you have to push, and if they fall down. But when people ride a bike, when they're children, they don't believe, I'm able to do this because mommy and daddy taught me. I know this skill. I can ride a bike. That's why people say it's like riding a bike. Once you learn how to do it, you never forget. And right. same with leadership. Once you know how to do it well, certain components, you never forget because you're being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. And are you finding that uh, some of your stronger leaders inside organizations uh, might also just seek opportunities outside of whatever formal things are available within their company to grow their own leadership 
capability, right? So, I mean, there really is a, an individual initiative often, yes? They shouldn't right wait for the company. The great leaders are always constantly learning. Right. They're doing it. Um, um, sometimes when you're internal, you have to catch up with them because they're already <laughs> moving ahead and like, wait a second. That's how you know you better get something developed, we right? Better get, but usually those folks who are doing that come to you and say, I'm, I've been doing this thing. I'm working with this company, and I think it would be really great for other leaders and other teams right. to do it because I've discovered something. And it's instead of me or, or the, the HR, or the team pushing it, the people who know best are the people who do the jobs every day. We're just trying to get them to see it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And when they discover and go out and learn things, it's so much easier to drive organizational initiatives because they, they want to learn and then they're hungry. You don't have to push them. And that's so you have you create advocacy right there. So I, I always love when an executive goes out and does things on their own as long yeah. as they want to come back and share it. And that's a win for the company. Why not? Or, hey, I went to this learning. Wasn't worth the investment. Thank you for letting us know. Right. So, and, and you learn what's important to them. So it's crucial. So I think it's great. I love that. Now, um, when the leader is out there doing that, is it something that they like to share typically? Or is it something that... They keep it on the down low sometimes? You see a little bit of that too? Sometimes, but they love to kind of show people, look what my team's doing. There's a bit of a competition between leaders. <laughs> I know HR is waiting, but we already went put all our team through this executive coaching and that comes up in the performance review. Are you, um, are you enabling your teams? Are you developing your teams? Got it. So I think there's a little competition between leaders on, oh yeah, I can out your team's training. Well, we went through this. Oh yeah, well, we're going to have this training. So I think it's a healthy competition and they want to share and the best leaders want to say is, here's what we've done because ultimately shouldn't you apply that on the job and why wouldn't you want to share it with other teams about we learn to communicate better well, if, if my team's a great communications team, but I work with you all the time and you don't communicate well, we're not going to be able to collaborate. So the best leaders, it's a competition, but they want to share it because ultimately you're not going to benefit as a company if you can only if it's siloed the learning. And that's why a learning organization takes all learning and shares it on platforms, on, on social platforms like Yammer or on an LMS like Cornerstone On Demand. Create that social networking where if I learn something, I want to be able to share it. And that truly maximizes a company's ability to, to drive initiative. Now, do you find that over the years that this kind of leadership, executive level coaching, things like that, it's more of a statusy thing now, whereas maybe back in the day it used to be like a weakness that people saw it Like as. it was remedial, right? right. Yeah. Uh-oh, you're going through the executive right. coaching. Sorry. Uh-oh. Oh, executive coach. Hi, it's like the vice principal, not the principal, the vice principal. <laughs> So, yeah, I think now it is a status because, you know, they, they compare. But it really doesn't matter who the executive coach is unless it's a good, you know, as long as it's a good relationship. The best leaders welcome executive coaching because it can be somewhat, it's, it's honest and it could be somewhat brutal, but they always come out better for it. Right. And it, it can be status but the best leaders don't care about status. They care about the status of the people who work for them, but not their own, their abilities to shine if you're emotionally intelligent, it really doesn't matter. You believe in yourself and you're always willing to learn. So I think the status comes with that you're confident in yourself. But yeah, I think it, it has changed from the old days of uh, we br we're bringing a coach. I think people welcome it now because it's part of the development. But it can be also an asset for the organization as a perk to show that that's how much we believe right. in leadership. We're always trying to maximize their Making talent. this investment. Any right? investment, especially because it's one-on-one -on -one and it, it's effort. And, it, and it's costly too. Right. especially for executive level. So, 
every executive I've ever dealt with who got executive coaching was always appreciative and, and knew it was worth it. Maybe it didn't work out as well as they thought it could, but they always were more thankful to the organization because the investment exactly and his retention level right and, and, and their engagement level always goes up so it's a smart move for the company and it's a smart move for the individual right I, I could see it helping um, you know with your existing uh, leaders but also recruiting new ones your brand goes out there so all of the initiatives that you do for learning and leadership you should put out there any company who's smart says here's what we do to develop people it's kind of consumer-driven now. Employees, people want to see, you know, are they green? Do they have initiatives where they support you know, local, you know, products or um, any initiatives? How do they develop people? So, people who are looking for careers have more of a choice than they ever did, and they're looking at what differentiates your company from your company, and especially for development and the millennials. Mm. They want to start, and then maybe six months later, okay, I'm ready they to move up. They want to be up. CEO. I'm ready, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> of course, and that's fine. And you don't want to say no. But here's how we're going to do it. Right. And as they learn that it's a journey, they'll accept that it takes more time as long as you're developing them. But if you're not developing, they're jump. gone. They're right. gone. So I got to ask, how does the sales and marketing thing work for you? Because you're out there, you're, you're practicing your craft, but you have to market your service, right? Yes. I mean, this is your baby. This is your thing. It's, it's my brand. And what I tried to do is just be true to myself. If I feel I'm coming across as, hi, I'm just sales and this is who I am, it's going to feel like I'm trying to sell something else. Yeah. Just be who I am, be unique, be very specific about what I do and talk about my experiences. And if people get to know me and what I do and, and how I help people, that's how I sell the brand. But I have to understand my brand first and, and everything I teach to other leaders, I, I like to follow myself is be true to who I am and, and don't try to do things that I'm not capable of doing. But if I believe in myself and I believe in I can help a company, then you can get then you get that deal. But not even a deal. It's a relationship. I'm looking for the relationships long term because it'll may work now and maybe six months later or a year from now, they may recommend me, refer me, or say, here's some something else we want to work on. Let's bring Chris back and and maybe he can help us through it. So it it's an investment in time, but I love what I do. I'm extremely passionate. I had no coffee, as you can tell, <laughs> but I'm very passionate about what I do. No, you can tell. I mean, you just you just effuse <laughs> passion and excitement about what you're doing. We can tell you're fired up about what you're doing. I love it because I we put all the investment, and rightly so, in our children and learning. And they maybe around 21, 25 are like, okay. <laughs> See you later. Right. But if you <laughs> good mo- luck with that. Good luck with that. But if it, the average, you know, um, life expectancy is maybe about seventy six. So the other thirty five years that people are on the earth, why aren't we investing time in them learning? You would think if they're going to be around a long time and right. influencing people, or if they get development, if they feel better about themselves, maybe they won't cut you off in traffic. Maybe they'll say after you in the, in the supermarket. But maybe people will be happier and more productive about what they're doing. Because ultimately, that helps a company be more successful. But we want happy people. Mm-hmm. And happy leaders help drive success. And, and I feel like that's the personal connection I have for leadership development. Because it's, it's, the, it's the humanity. Now, for you, leadership development, you're not tied to one specific methodology, right? You're kind of agnostic in this regard that you want to just use whatever, um, whatever it'll take in order for that person, the individual, to be successful. There's no one size fits all it's one size fits one mm-hmm. and individualize it a company's different a company culture is different the industry is different you have to listen and understand the perspective of the culture the company and the person and what they bring to the table and then 
think about what would work best for this unique situation. And there's so many tools out there, but it all starts with getting to know the person and the company and what's really driving the need for this person to get better. Now, is there anything that's caught your eye lately? Any innovations or tools that you think are... Um the Calta Calibrator. Yes. Is that out yet? Um, <laughs> do we trademark the that? Calibrator. <laughs> you can't trademark it. There's my name on it. I just want to get that clear. Um, one of the things that's out there, it's been around for a while, um, experiential learning. Actually, it's been around since 350 BC, so it's, it's not that new. <laughs> right. um, Aristotle. But the application in leadership development is the ability, right, is, to, is learning um, through reflection on doing it's reflecting on the experience. And I think very often it's, oh, let me go to a training, an event, and then go back to work. And reflecting on the experience is looking at what makes a difference at work, which goes to action planning. It's let's deal with real problems and solutions as opposed to theory. And let me go see if it works out there. The leadership development now is more about, it's, it's I see it as, as, a, as a business. If, unless this meets a business need, then it's a personal but it's not business. So I want people to see it as important as finance and IT and, and any other part of an organization is what we do in leadership development is actually directly applied to solving problems at work. Then the people who go to it say, I'm getting something out of this because I'm applying it in class and back on the job. Right, it's tangible. It's not theoretical. It's not theoretical. So it's it's been around for a long time, experiential, but simulations, that right. people are doing now. I'm very excited about that. Why learn something? It's like pilots. What, the pilots learn to fly in a room. Why would, when you practice no, something. You just have to read a book and <laughs> then you can fly a plane, right? What airline do you travel <laughs> on? I just want to make that. So anything you can replicate real life is what people are looking and you learn by doing. And that excites me. And as I mentioned before, then taking that and sharing the information on platforms like Yammer and, and, and an LMS like Cornerstone on Demand is here's some real life issues and here, here's what we're doing. That's business learning. Right. That's leadership development in the workplace. And if you're dealing with a CFO or a CEO, they like that because it's not, well, it's theory. No, it's how are you going to solve my business need? Here's how we're going to do it. And then you're working on the problem solving ability of the leaders. And that's what I'm excited about what's going on. I think is I'm excited about in the leadership development today. Where can our listeners go to learn more, have a, con uh, a conversation with you or someone on your team about these topics? I think my email's on there. I don't have it in front of me, it's, it's, um, but it's cultivating.com um, or chriscaltivating.com. Um, on my LinkedIn profile is, is there as well, Christopher Calta. Cultivating is cultivating. And that's Calta with C-A-L. C-A-L. That's why I get cultivating. It's cultivating. I can see you're enamored with that. Cultivating. <laughs> I can't do cultivating. We're not. That's trademark. But cultivating, because um, I want to. I want to cultivate um, someone's ability to be a great leader. So my LinkedIn profile and cultivating um, is probably the best way to reach me. Well, thank you so much for coming by this morning, visiting with us. This has been a very cultivating conversation. Thank you very much. For that plug. Appreciate it. It's Absolutely. My pleasure. And let's do it again sometime and check in with you and see how some of your work's going as, as your client base continues to grow, man. We'd love to. Thank you so much. All right. We'll be back in a few from Park Avenue. This has been a special Business Radio X production brought to you by Training Pros, your source for local learning and development experts. Learn more at training-pros.com.